Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Good morning, everybody. For the ones who don't know me, I'm Philip, and I have an accent, so pay attention to what I'm saying because you may miss something important. Thank you very much. I hope you understand me. I try to be as slow and clear as I can. I am from Greece, I'm a missionary, and I've been in South Africa about 15 years. Okay, thank you, Lord. I just heard yesterday, you know when we say, God is good? And everybody says, yeah, say it again, God is good? All the time! Is it correct statement or not? Who said yes, your hand? Okay, good. Is correct and wrong? I just heard it yesterday from Shane, sorry. <laughs> so, when we say God is good all the time, there must be a time, because that maybe other people experience not his goodness, but God is not all the time good. He is good. He is love. His identity. That's I learned yesterday, so I was trying to throw it to you. <laughs> so thank you, Lord. So God is all the time good. He never been anything else. All the time he's love. He is love. He is good. So we live in his goodness. And we're breathing in His goodness. The whole universe, look around the stars and everything. And this is little earth here, as big as uh, the big vast majority of the universe. We are like a golf ball, small one. But the whole universe has been made for just for us. It keeps us together, keeps us in balance. So this little earth turning around like crazy does not move and go somewhere else. This place, and you're in the right place, and you're in the right place just right here, so you can hear the word of God. So, Holy Spirit gifts and ministries. So, I want to share a verse first Galatians 5 22. Galatians 5 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such What do you mean, I mean? Last is gentleness and self-control. All right. So this is the fruit of the Spirit. And if you are a Christian and you have received the Lord and filled with the Holy Spirit, that these fruits dwell in you. They are inside of you. So how we get this fruit out, projected, is from the way we live, the way we follow the Holy Spirit. Because we have those fruits. It's not something like really we have to work hard to see this fruit. I want to be loving. I need to work loving hard. No, no, I'm loving. 
God is here, it's inside. Love is inside of me. I have to make it come out, to express it, to be able to get this love, this fruit of the Spirit be manifested out of me. So everyone has all these fruits of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. 12, 1. And goes up to 12, 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. What he says? Ignorant. What means ignorant? Yes? Yeah, you don't understand it. You don't, you know it or you don't know it. Be ignorant. Okay. Another word of ignorance, being Rita, you want to help me? Annoying, yeah? So, you know that you were Gentiles carried away and to these damned idols, even as you were led. Today we are carried away with dumb idols. Where? In the TV, first of all. In, this, in the shopping, when you're in malls, when you go, see so many idols there. Wow! I want this big screen TV. I want that car. Hallelujah. Wow, wow. That is idols. You know? We want things to have to serve the Lord, to use it for His kingdom, and not for our pleasure so we can show off. Oh, I'm such a nice, cool man. We like to be cool here. We like to be cool for... I like to be cool for Jesus. Right? Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God Calleth Jesus, called Jesus, cursed. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the TV station. No. But by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. That's good, Rita. Say it again. By the Holy Ghost, Spirit of God. Say it again. By the Spirit of God. Yeah. We want you really to be inside, to come to your brain with like. Grafted, you know, you know how they have this machine that grafts in metal and in uh, things and say put your name and you have this thing here. You know, anyway, that is to be grafted in your mind. So I read it again. But no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but is the same God which worketh all in all. What it means here, that there are diversities of operation, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. I guess we can expand a bit later, but everyone, I'm a hand, you are an ear, somebody asks something else, you know, we are all part of the body. So we cannot be, we can have two hands, yes, but you cannot be everything at the same time. And you can have some things at different times according to your need, according to as the Holy Spirit leads. 
but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So we don't have too many Holy Spirits. How many Holy Spirits we have? One. How many are in the Trinity? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost there are three, right? Holy Spirit is one, Father is one, and Son is one. Both of them are one together, but also they can operate separate according to the needs. So you can see it, you can work with you. So you know, oh now Holy Spirit told me, now Jesus told me, or God told me. You know, Jesus said, as the Father shows me, so I do. Hasn't done anything that has not seen the Father tell him or do it. So Jesus walked with the Father very, very close when he was here on earth. Now they are together. He's sitting in the right hand of the Father and are always there. And the Holy Spirit is always there. And guess who else is there? We are. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sitting here? No, but my spirit, spiritually. Okay. Sitting with whom? Jesus. Jesus. In the right hand of the Father. So imagine, understand that, think of that. Just take time sometimes. That's why we say here, just try to meditate. Take this word. I'm sitting in the right hand of the Father with Him. Wow, wow, wow. Just think of it. Elaborate. Get your mind to get sink to your head. And really you can feel the difference. You can understand of who you are. Thank you, Lord. So what there was the last verse nine? To another faith by the same spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one of the same spirit, dividing to every man severally as his will, as he will. Now, unity in the body of spirit. So we need to understand the Holy Spirit works to every man according to his will and according to the need of every person, according to every ministry. You know, sometimes we feel, I want to be that. I heard actually something, Rita and I were going to visit different people, and uh, it was a family that had quite a serious problem. And uh, we talked to, to people, you know, we were nice, but the man had no work, he was a big man in an office, he got fired, and he never got a job again. So we talked to him and said, the Lord told me to become, to be, I'm going to be an apostle. Okay, what are you doing now? I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me when to be an apostle. You can wait your whole time, your whole life. You cannot become an apostle. You have to enter into the place that you can become an apostle, be disciple, to be growing, to, maybe you can study the Bible on your own all day long, 
You can re-memorize the Bible. I know people that know chapters after chapters after chapters. And I feel, wow, I wish I could really know chapters after chapters. But where they are today? Nowhere. So we want to let the world, the world work in our hearts and not in our minds. So when we want the world, the world to work in our minds, right? Say it again, where? In our hearts. Louder? In our hearts. In our hearts. Wow. A gangster tells you that. Ex-gangster, not now. It was amazing testimony. Really moved me. Thank you, Lord. Really beautiful, beautiful. See what the word of God can do. Can take somebody from a criminal and make him a useful instrument for God. From a sinner to a saint. That's beautiful. Right? Unity in the body of Christ. Ephesians for one. Either for the prisoners of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Ephesians 4.2 With all lowliness and meekness. With all lowliness and meekness. With long suffering forbearing one another in what? Love. Love. Not hate. Love. So we don't shout and fight with people. That's what we need to go out and teach the people here. And we try to do that. 4.3, Ephesians 4.3 says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Therefore, is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called, in one hope of your calling. Ephesians 4.5 One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Ephesians 4, 6, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Do you understand that? Let's go again, back again, Ephesians 4, 7. But unto you, sorry, okay, six. So, six. Okay, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Do you understand that? Could you tell me a few words what that means? How you understand? I want to see people, I want to interact with you, so see how we grasp it. There works through all and with all, that no one is far enough, that no one is too small, that no one is going to be disqualified yes. to, for God to work through. Mm -hmm. We are not chosen because we're qualified. We're chosen because we're faithful to say yes, Lord. Amen. Beautiful, Claudia. Beautiful, beautiful. So it is God, one God and Father of all. He's the Father of all of you. The Holy Spirit is for all of you. Jesus is for me only. And for you. And for you. It's individual. For every single one. For you too. Amen. Jesus is for you too. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 4, sorry, 4, 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Ephesians 4, 8. 
Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Ephesians 4 9. Now that he ascended, what is but that he also descended first? He could not ascend if he has not been descended. So you really have to understand that that's a difference there. That if Jesus has not come down on earth to be here to save us and go die and get crucified and resurrected, we could not be here now having church. But he's also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. So he went down. Where? When he was in the cross, there was two, yes. two thieves next to him. One on the left, one on the right, right? Yes. One told him what? Oh, he cursed him. The other one says, forgive me and remember me in your kingdom. Say, Today you'll be where? In paradise with me. Where is paradise? Where was paradise? Who knows? Paradise is not heaven. A lot of paradise is a fantastic place. But the good people that were dying were going there and waiting. Yes. And the bad people, according to Jesus, they were going to hell, yeah. to the fireplace. There's still a fireplace to be something worse afterwards. So let's remember the story of the rich man and what's Lazarus. Lazarus. And Lazarus. Lazarus. Let's remember. So Lazarus <coughs> went where? To paradise. So Jesus, when he ascended up, he took all the people who were in paradise with him. And many, many people saw their relatives in Jerusalem. People that were dead and up are going around in the city. They, all the graves opened and they came out. So God took them all with him. Jesus took them all with him to heaven. So they are there. It's not here anymore. They're waiting with all of us, for with all of the other people that we can come also one day. Alright? So this is liberty for free. It's not how to pay for that. And 4.11 now is very, very important that Jesus gave some gifts here. Uh, he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of personal glory. No, the ministry. Say again? Ministry. Ministry, yes. Some people have been studying the Bible. I'm so proud of you. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness, fullness, fullness of who? Of Christ. Not my fullness. His fullness. Thank you, Lord. He all come in the unity of the faith. That's an important part. Unity of the faith. 
what that means. Rita. I would say that the, I would say that is that any and all deceit, because there's a lot of false doctrines and false teachings, but that all of that will be clear up, will be cleared up, so we have a clear understanding of Christ and God. Amen, amen. Also, if you study a bit more, I, that's a big topic about the, after Jesus resurrected, went to heaven, the last hundred, few hundred years, there were a lot of sects were coming generated, a lot of different beliefs and religions. That's why we have to stand on the Word of God and only believe the Word of God. Amen. And the Word of God is the Bible. Show me your Bible, Rita. Show me hi. The Word of God is here. Nothing that contradicts that book, it is the Word of God. I know we lived before in different places, in different organizations, different, and we grew up and we changed because we know the only truth is the Bible. It's my book, it's the Word of God, I stand on the Word of God. So that's when we give, we all become a unity of the faith. You know, there's a lot of doctrines all around going today, and we have to make sure that when we go home to say, if Uncle Philip was right, let's go check it in the Bible. And that's the possible. Check me out. What I'm telling you is true. Get a good Bible version, you know, that has the truth. There are other Bibles that not always have exactly translated right. But there are quite a few, lots of good Bibles that you can find the full truth. It seems that once, what am I here? Did we come again? Such a foolish of Christ here. It seems that once personal philosophy of ministry cannot be completed without addressing what has been called the fivefold ministry, presented by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4 10 to 16. How one view the need, purpose, or event, or even a the current existence of these five church roles will determine the overall view of ministry. My personal view is that for a church or a group or churches to be able to fully express the ministry of Christ, all five types of the ministry must be in effect to some degree together. So then how exactly does the fivefold ministry factor it to our understanding of healthy, thriving church ministry is if we put it together. We have to work together. The body of Christ, it cannot work on its own. They cannot, you say, I'm the body of Christ, I go outside, I, will, I talk about Jesus, and, I'm, and then leave the souls to die and don't take care of the people that are born again. So we need to make sure uh, to bring him in a healthy environment. The five-fold ministry is both unity and diversity, which builds the entire church. We must first begin by understanding the overall purpose of the five-fold ministry. In the mind of Paul is Ephesians 4. 
Paul speaks of this ministry as being given to equip the body and to bring people to a spiritual maturity. To bring people to what? Spiritual maturity. You think that's necessary? That's important? What do you think? Spiritual maturity is important? Of course. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Also, yes, Rita. I just want to also add to maturity. Unless we are mature, we cannot help others. So that's another side. We also need to become mature so we can reach out and help in the community. Yeah. I was in a group years ago. I mean, it feels like what's happening years ago. We let, just get people saved. Let's get people to say the prayer. They can go to heaven. There's no background, no base to receive it. We have hundreds and thousands of souls. Sometimes we stand, we, we twist the arm, you pray now, receive it Jesus. Once you say the word, we thought it's going to be, they go to heaven. I don't know. But without the foundation of the word, understanding and believing in your heart, like Romans 10, 9 and 10, I want you to tell us what it says. Anybody ask? Is ready? Now I whisper. That if thou shalt believe in thy Lord Jesus, all right. Believe in the heart, man confesses unto righteousness, and with the mouth, salvation. Okay, okay. I'm coming back here, taking a little bit of detour here. Let's go back. Once we see. Once we need somehow to go to the world and look at it. That if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So what is heart and mouth? Heart and mouth. So if you force you to say a prayer, twist your arm, or I'm heavy, stand on you, step on you, and make you speak, say the prayer. And if you don't believe it in your heart, and you say, I'm not so sure if you are saved. I won't say no because I saw miracles, people's lives changed, even with a prayer like this. But I believe we need to teach the body of Christ the right foundation. That's why we need a fivefold ministry. It is very, 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 very important. Romans 15:1. When them that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Romans 15, 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Romans 15, 3. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it's written, it is written, 
the reproaches of them as reproach thee fell on me. So, for Romans 15:4, for who shall for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for learning, and with through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Romans 16:5. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one towards another, according to Jesus Christ. Be like-minded one toward another according to Jesus Christ, that he may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive one another as Christ also receive us to the glory of God. So again, wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. To fully express Christ to the world because as we grow up in Christ, we need to receive from every aspect of Jesus. Those truly called and gifted of God to be fivefold ministers will do the same thing Christ Jesus will do for his saints if he were here in a natural human body. So, if Jesus was here this minute, and he's here in you, in each one of us, in natural body, he would be able to do exactly what the fivefold ministry could do. But, why we need fivefold ministry? This is an individual. This is a prophet. This is, could be an apostle, could be an evangelist, could be a teacher. What is this? One piece of paper. One. Two. Two. Three. Four. Five. It's not easily manipulated. It's one together. It's a powerful to be five together, folded together, working together. Has anybody seen the the movie the Spartans about Leonidas? Yeah, yeah the three hundred start with armies big. How do they stood? Hold each other. Yes. We're holding each other. With one hand and the other way fighting, you know, that is thrown together against thousands and thousands of enemies. That's spiritual also. If we are together, we can overcome anything. If you're a loner, you go out on your own and just want to do, dance your own thing, you're not going to win. You're going to get discouraged. The wolves there will bite you, take bites of you. Thank you, Lord. The gifts versus the office. There are some of the differences between what is known as a gift and what is an office. 
A spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ, according to God's grace for use within the context of the body. While an office is an official position recognized by both God and man, these people are commissioned to train, disciple, and nurture those who have spiritual gifts so they can be fruitful. Understanding that these five gifts are not in a competition with each other and that all five should be expressed in each congregation to some degree. We must now look at what exactly each of these five ministries offices are. Let us begin with apostles. This is not just a fancy title given in some modern denomination or title which died out of the first century. Now the term literally means a delegate ambassador of messages and the original context was one sent forth with others. How can you tell a divine call? Anybody knows? How can you tell a divine call? Second? We have a word of God, yes. Okay, I can help you also. This very good, very congratulations. It's correct. You will have the convictions in your own spirit. You will have the witness in your own heart. You will have the spiritual equipment, gift of the spirit, that go along with the office or offices which you are called. You can be called in one office can be called in two offices. Some we know apostles can have all the offices. But this is going to explain a bit later because you cannot run with all the offices together at the same time. So there's times we can be explaining Lord will if you have time before twelve thirty. Okay. I'm scaring the enemy every time. I'm not saying time. Whom God, whom God calls he equips whom God calls, he equips. The ministry gifts are people, people who are called of God to their full-time ministry. Philip is called to be an evangelist. Peter called to be an apostle. Paul is called a prophet and a teacher first, and later, later an apostle. Other people in the New Testament are called ministry gifts. Those people, ministry gifts, whom God calls, he equips with spiritual gifts. So one of the most fascinating things concerning the ministry gifts of Christ is the variety. Apostles, the apostles' office seems to embrace almost every type of ministry. Two, prophets. The prophet's ministry is inspirational. He speaks by direct divine inspiration and revelation. That's lots of people like that. That's actually we need to discuss about prophets. There's uh, been a, a situation with lots of prophets. People actually most people I met they like to be a prophet. Lots of people. But are you actually a prophet? 
what makes a prophet. Sometimes we have some gifts of knowledge, of understanding. That's not a prophecy. A prophet is a different office. It's an office of own, and it's a very, very, very important office for the church. We need prophets. We need them. We need everyone from the fivefold ministry. But they don't work on their own. They work together. Three, evangelists. The evangelist has a direct endowment from the Lord to preach the word of salvation of souls. For pastors. Pastors are the shepherds of God's sheep. Five. There's more on pastors, but we can you know, say. Five. Teachers. Those who fill the office of teacher, teaching the word not by natural ability, by the divine ability of the Holy Spirit. So what it is? By the divine ability of the Holy Spirit. Those teachers. Teacher is a very, very important job. Those people outside teachers, changing the world, preparing the future of our church, of the world, because some of them will become evangelists, some become pastors, some of them become prophets, some become apostles. We don't know. God knows. But we need to give them the word. And the Holy Spirit will work in their hearts and in the spirit so they can grow. If I look only for one side, please don't. I just. The God moves the same way. But some people need them more from one side or another. But God loves the same, everybody. And God wants you to help you. I know it was a very, very nice move while we're singing and praising and talking the testimonies. I felt like some people let themselves to be moved by God. And the Lord was speaking to them. I speak to some of us and one that spoke to some people. So it's very, very important to let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, moves you to move on others. Don't be afraid to sit on the front. We're not going to ask you to do anything. But sometimes we could see better if the Lord's speaking for somebody, for somebody, something special. Okay, the Apostle. Who is the Apostle? Okay, it's, it derives from the Greek word, apostoli. In Greek, a postman can be called an apostle. So, an apostle is somebody sent with a message. Uh, in Greece, for us missionaries, they call us ier apostoli. There's no other word. But I'm not an apostle with today understanding of, of the meaning on a church. Okay. Rita, you want to start preparing your map? Say again. Follower. We all follow of Jesus. We all following Jesus. An apostle is sent with a message. We all be supposed to be disciples. That means you have actually a very good point. We are all disciples and we're learning from our the Lord Jesus Christ. We all have to keep learning forever. He called us to be a disciple first. And then an apostle, when he gives you a mission, what he sent the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel, they was sent, the sent ones, the apostles. And they sent out to bring 
a mission. Now today, see the way we see it today in the today's church. Apostle is derived from the Greek term apostolos, which is the component, component, component parts from apo and stelo, means from and to. Apostles are seen as the ones who go out to create and supervise multiple churches. One way to see an apostle is as a pastor who shepherds churches rather than congregation. The main call of this office is to spread the gospel and build the church and people in his own office, tend to move in more than one of the gifts of the Spirit. So an apostle can move much more than one gift of the Spirit. Maybe can have only one, but maybe can have three or four, even five. This is different than an evangelist who tends to only go out and preach. Apostles preach to the lost, but also create an infrastructure to support the new believers. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I think you know what I'm saying. You have to tell you already. Can I just knock on top of me? Can you see or is it too small? But you can see after when we finish. Mm. No, it's a bit too small. Okay. So you understand what is an apostle? Now, we have an, a main apostle office in uh, Grace Life. Is Pastor Shane, he's an apostolic overseer, and also uh, how's it uh, Shepherd, prophet, is a pastor, senior pastor, and he leads how many churches? Ten years ago, we have started with Celebos, Tagerberg, Pickerberg. Hartain, seven. seven churches. Wow! So he's overseas the seven churches. How many years? Ten, eleven years. So it is a, an amazing work. But uh, we can say bravo Shane, but thank you Lord for the Holy Spirit Amen. that he led him. And we can say bravo Shane that he received that Set teaching and changed this part of the world. And he acted in 10 years, 11 maybe, 10 years exactly. We are about 80 years with the church, about uh, 10 years, it's an amazing world. And also in the States you could have if it wasn't for the COVID, we're stuck there, we could have some churches in the States. And now we are looking forward and they want to go to the Eastern Europe. So Eastern Europe is opening for us. We don't know when, but how, but it will be open. Now with us happening in uh, Ukraine, you know, we know all the Ukrainians go to Europe now. They're going to be a fruitful field there, right?
So some view apostles as being like fathers and mothers who impart to the saints and raise them up as sons and daughters in faith. So, wow, I can see here around, Shane has a lot of sons and daughters in faith. It's a lot. While in the more historical and literal sense, apostles were literally commissioned, commissioned messages carrying out the sender's mission, as such as they were backed by the sender's authority to the extent that they accurately represent Yeah, okay. Can you see it more or less? So, so this is an apostolic overseer who's able to work with all these churches and open this one by one. We started in Stellenbosch. Now today is Pastor Peter there, right? It's an amazing job does there in Stellenbosch. Beautiful job. Very nice campus. But also, he didn't do it alone. Yeah. He needed a body. He needed elders. He needed prophets. He needed evangelists. He needed other people also to help him, you know? Teachers. You know, like all the pastors, everybody was helped in the children's church. Anna, get me. Yeah, I'll, I'll call you. See. Okay. But so you, can, you can put this somewhere. Of course, you get tired to stay. Yeah, just put it there. Oh, I can, Thank you so much. I can move play by play there so you can see it. In my own view of the ministry, I see the apostles as those who build the church on a regional level. And they serve the larger church by doing what they can support the individual local churches. Now, second one is prophets. Rita, you can, if you want to write down here the fivefold ministry. Prophets. The second fivefold office is that of the prophet, perhaps the most misunderstood and rejected expression of the heart of Christ among all the spiritual gifts and offices. So we see not only what happened in America, right? Lectures and things. There was prophets popping all over the world in the States. Everybody was a prophet and prophesying things that will come and will happen and things like that. But nothing happened. Nothing happened. So we people got disappointed. And that's no good. So that's why we need to work together. Like if you are on your own, you don't know what you get confirmed with somebody else. And if your prophecy is not accurate, it's not according to the Bible, it's not accurate. So you can have a word of knowledge, you can understand an impression. But when it comes to when you say, I got a prophecy, I saw angels, I saw this or that, God come and told me, make sure it's God come and told you. I make sure it's the right God came and told you. Because the Bible says what? Even if it's an angel 
of life. Gives you a different uh, gospel cursor. So we want one gospel. Right? Which gospel? Bible. Gospel of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament and New Testament is all about Jesus. From the beginning till the end. You can find in every book all about Jesus. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. All talk about Jesus. While prophets are generally seen to be seen as foretellers, they are better understood as being inspired speakers and proclaimers of divine message. Prophets are the ones who are specially gifted with seeking and hearing the words of God so they can speak it to a church and in order that they can watch over the people. This is not an invitation to nitpick sins. But not an invitation of what? Nitpick sins. Lord told me you talked to your husband very bad last night. Is that true? I have a prophet. No, it's not nitpicking or becoming gossipers. But they call to be watchers over the overall spiritual conditions of the church or region and to intervene when necessary. So you intervene when necessary, but not alone. Make sure you have somebody. Actually, for you, you don't know Pastor Shane. He has other, he has his overseers also. And other churches around the world, in the States, in England, in Zimbabwe, that their pastors oversee him and tells him, I mean, if they get something that he maybe is not exactly right, or he wants to get the counsel, he talks to them, and he gets advice. He's not operating on his own. So, no one is perfect, don't either I. Surprise, yeah? Why are you laughing? So, so the prophet is not to work alone. The prophet was one who not only exercised the gift of prophecy, but who occupied a place of leadership ministry along with the apostles and teachers. Peter, you didn't do what I thought you No, do you want me to write them all or as you say? No, no, write them all like that. Acts 11.27 says, At at the time there were prophets in the church of Jerusalem, and some of them came to Antioch, Antiochia. In uh, Acts 13.1, In the church of Antioch there were numbers of prophets and teachers of the world, including Barnabas, Simeon from Niger, Lucius the Libyan, Manian, the childhood cop and a childhood companion of King Herod Antipas. I guess a friend of Antipas, King Herod Antipas, was, he got saved. And so, Ephesians 19 says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Does it say a specific place? Say the household of God. So the churches and the church members that are actually of the household of God. 
you belong of God. Amen. Ephesians 2.20 And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. What cornerstone means? What, that, what kind of a significance has on this one? Yes, it's the main stone that supports the building. Yes. So, it's so how the house is going to be built and supports most of it. Yeah. A mature prophet is one who is grounded and can work with other offices. With an immature prophet is one who remains all alone and only emerges when they have a grand word from the Lord. What sounds this pride, right? Read again. A mature prophet is the one who is grounded and can work with the offices, while an immature prophet is one who remains all alone and only emerges when they have a grand word of the Lord. In the New Testament, we see the examples of the likes of Agapos in Acts 11, 27, 28. I won't read this. You do it on your own. Silas, Acts 15.32, has been recognized as active prophets. They were set apart as those who were given as were the apostles particular insight into the doctrines of faith. What doctrines? Faith. Of faith. See Ephesians 3.5. They were under the immediate influence and inspiration of the Holy Spirit would distinguish them from teachers. See 1 Corinthians 12.10 To another miraculous results, to another prophecy, to another the ability of distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of languages, and to another the interpretations of languages. The role of the prophet may not be exactly the same under the new covenant and it was under the old covenant. So there's not this exactly the same operation. There are prophets, there were prophets in the Old Testament, but not exactly the same way. Because what we saw, we saw when uh, the apostles went to Samaria and uh, uh, tell to Jesus, you know, these guys, we call them to come, the Samarians, they don't come. So we call fire from heaven to kill them. As the prophet did in the Old Testament, what Jesus said. Who remembers? No. We don't know which spirit you are from. We're not here to call fire from heaven to kill people. So, I don't have the verse right now, but you can find it in your Bible. And you can study it on your own. So today, prophets, they don't bring destruction. They don't bring the doom. No. Turn or burn. You're going to be burned one day. Now the Hindus, they should do that. Yeah. If you want to be the Hindu, you will die, you burn you. But now you can be buried. But even that, you can be resurrected afterwards with Jesus, if you're a Christian. Okay, it's not like, prophets are still tasked with expressing God's will and words in a church. But like the old covenant prophets are expected and encouraged to work alongside with other ministries. 
whereas apostles are those who oversee the natural side of churches, nations, and communities. Prophets are those who oversee the spiritual and aspects of the churches, nations, and communities, much like the old, the old counterparts. Orderly worship. First Corinthians 14:31. For you can all prophesy. So this is another verse. In terms so that everyone be instructed and encouraged. Everybody can prophesy, but you're not a prophet. You know. The spirits of a prophet. That's important for all prophets. The spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, that is in all churches of the saints. So it's called orderly worship. When we keep things in order, that's an orderly worship. You don't pump, jump here and it says, God told me, you, this sinner, you know, but you control your spirit. If God show you something, take it back to him. That is not positive, because a prophet today, the office needs to encourage people, to encourage the, ba the body of the churches, and not discourage, not send condemnation. Okay, the evangelist. The third ministry office is that of the evangelist. Every believer is called to spread the gospel, but there are also those who are specifically called to do so in a great measure. These are those sole purpose in life to see people come to Jesus. Some people do it professionally and others do it casually, but both have the same fire and goal in their heart. Evangelists are the street preachers, the ones who continually go out and bring new members to the church, which is vital because an effective church should have a constant flow of new believers coming in and trained, prepare believers going back out to do the work of the gospel when either one of these flows stops. When either one of these flows stop, the heart of the church becomes stagnant and died, much like Israel, Dead Sea. So we have to make sure we go in out witnessing. We have evangelists doing the job. In scripture, the only person we see with the title of an evangelist is Philip, not me. Yes. The other Philip. He lived 2,000 years ago. Uh, Acts 21.8. Actually, this is actually the verse when, uh, when I got saved, the Lord changed my name to Philip. He gave me that verse. And uh, when I received that, yes. so rains are coming from heaven. And it was an amazing experience. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock, something like this. I used to work in the petrol station at night, so sometimes helping a friend. And I was praying because people were telling me, oh, now you're born again, change your name. You're not the same person. I changed my name. So I look on the, the open the Bible, actually cracked the Bible, and I put my finger there, was that the whole version. And when I received, I felt like God was speaking to me. And I went out and praised the Lord, and rain started coming. So, what's your confirmation? Thank you, Lord. And since then, my name didn't Philip, ever changed. 
It's about uh, 45 years ago. <laughs> the dead man was Antonius. <laughs> the live one is Philip. Thank you, Lord. So I will share some verses quickly here. You can write them down so you can go see it in your house because I don't have time. Acts 21.8, you can read the whole chapter. Uh, Timothy 2, 4 and 5. Timothy. Second Timothy 4 and 5. Luke. Second uh, Corinthians 8, 18. Philippians 4, 3. And Colossians 1, 7 and 4, 12. This is uh, the course about Philip and uh, Luke, Timothy, Clement and Epaphras. It's all about this evangelist. Through Philip, we see how the office of an evangelist works with the other ministries. Philip goes into the new territory of Samaria and preaches the gospel. People believe and congregations form. Then apostles from Jerusalem, they came out to further and teach and establish the new group of believers. I'm going to jump now. I'm going to go to the pastors. So, otherwise, we'll... Thank you, Lord. So this church actually started because Rita and I were going evangelizing here for many, many, many years, having Bible classes, with life groups, and we have we should end up with two buses going up to to Stellenbosch, and have more people who could not fit in the bus. But thank you, Lord. The Lord used it. Used us as evangelists at the time, and preachers and pastors in many ways and other things, you know, and the healing ministry. And but God used it for His glory. You know, temptations came and difficulties came, and we felt I want to be on my own, independent. You know, and I like to be independent. That doesn't work this way always. Okay, pastor, we now come to a tradition transition point in the list of the fivefold ministry. As we come to pastors and teachers, unlike the other three, linked together. By the same article in Greek, are the pastors and teachers. It is possible that this phrase describes the ministers of the local church. Whereas the first three categories are regarded as belonging to the universal church. Apostles, prophets, and evangelists are seen as having a vision of building up the church as a whole, while Pastors and teachers typically focus only on building up the local church. They are part of, they are part of, local church are part of. This does not diminish the role, of, the role in any way <coughs> compared to the other three offices, but it does provide clarity of what they are called to in the kingdom. So, in Greek they say, call them, you know, the shepherd is a sheep herding, you have your sheep and you herd them, you know, so we are the sheep, and in this church right now, all of us are sheep, and the pastor, the, his Emily is a, is a pastor, so he's leading us, leading us around. So, so she has some help, some helpers, but that's part of the, the job, you know. But like, 
lead pastor is saying, can we finish school of growth, you know, here? And this all, every church has some. It's a campus. It's a campus. Every campus church is a campus and has to have some prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All of them has together. And some of them are also, they have an apostolic ministry. You know, I don't know exactly, maybe they'll tell us another time. But right now, it's just a basic thing to understand how our church works. We are not alone. We're not alone here. No. Throwing away in St. Lawrence Pass, alone, killings and stabbings and stuff happening, you know, thieves and robbers. No, we are a pillar of the church. We're changing the world. Amen. Don't let the enemy tell you anything else. We are changing the world. We're making it a better place. Thank you, Lord. The sense of oversight and eldership is how Paul and especially Peter, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 4, addressed this ministry office in the writings, often using the terms pastor, elder, and overseer interchangeably. Let's see here. Yes, Peter. So the elders which are among you I exhort whom am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also partake of the glory shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not be constrained, but willing, not for filthy looker but for a ready mind. So you can read the whole the rest on your own. So we need to take care of shepherds and pastors, need to take care of the flock and the <coughs> elders. So we, the pastor has elders with him, you know, and other leaders that can work together. So I'm not going to go for the whole thing now, I'm going to go for the teacher. Last but far from least is the ministry office of the teacher. Are well those who can teach. They are the ones with the gift and ability to lead others to the fullness of the knowledge of God and to develop people into who God created them to be through the instruction, training, and discipleship. Teachers are the ones who dig deeper into searching out God's work, and they have a gift of wisdom and discernment to understand and share the scriptures with others. So then those who have been taught may learn and show others also. Originally, teachers were expounders of the scriptures and of the Jesus traditions. If they functioned like Jewish teachers, they probably offered biblical instructions to the congregation and train others to the expansion of the scripture as well. So, teachers are not the ones teaching the kids. Who has life groups? Raise your hands. You guys are teachers. You are teaching people. Maybe you're not as good teacher as Rita. I'm not a good teacher. As Emily. Emily is a professional teacher. You know, she study and stuff. But teaching the word of God is very, very, very important. Very, very important. So, I'm going to have to really. Uh,
here and lost myself here. Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what we understood here. Here we, look, we see every campus has all these ministries, right? Fivefold ministry. But also here you can put life groups. The life groups teaching others to teach others to teach others to teach others. Yes? I just want to comment that maybe, it may be that not every campus has all those offices available, but that's why we have, can have gift speakers. We can visit the different churches and minister in that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of evangelists coming and visit sometimes, you know, or other teachers. Or like here sometimes Shane comes and teaches, you know. Or other could come and teach here. So that's important. Yes. So. And we had a bunch of events Yes. <laughs> so, conclusion of the matter the fivefold ministry is a ministry that Jesus gave us to us. So, we're able to do what? To do a better job. Jesus could do it only by his own. The whole thing, the five, but we cannot. We need His help and the Holy Spirit. So they work together. So let's not work separate from the Holy Spirit. Let's not work separate from Jesus. Let's not work separate from God. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info@gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.